subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, the UK's most politically tumultuous tech podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tech World Editor Charlotte G to talk about the forced cabinet reshuffle yeah. overnight. Uh, I'm going to talk to Deputy Reviews Editor at Tech Advisor Henry Burrell about some Surface news from Microsoft. And I'm going to talk to the new joint editor of Macworld UK. Hey, Thanks very much. David Price. Pleasure to be here. To talk about Elon Musk and uh, Elon Musk. Caves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All that stuff. Let's get on with the show. Charlotte G. Yep. It's all kicking off. It really is. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll try and bring this back to technology in some way, given that this is ostensibly a UK tech weekly podcast. But uh, obviously, uh, there's been an interesting couple of days in the UK political scene with David Davis resigning quite late on Sunday evening. And then Boris Johnson was going to resign, but then number 10 said, well, we don't want him anyway. So they kind of pre pre-leaked that's not a very nice phrase but they sort of they sort of did that um that's quite a trump, that's quite a trump move yeah, Boris is pre-leak is yeah. not trump does that doesn't he it's like oh you don't want to come to my party well you're not invited yeah. anyway yeah yeah pretty that's pretty much what they did so i'm gonna resign well yeah we don't care um so what that means is for to bring this back to the world of tech is that the new minister for digital is a man called drumroll yep jeremy wright Never heard of him. He's never <laughs> um, wrong. He is replacing a man called Matt Hancock, who is now the new health secretary, because Jeremy Hunt is now the new foreign secretary. Yeah. So there's been a lot of people moving around. And Dominic, just to go full circle, Dominic Raab is the new Brexit secretary, yes. David Davis. Um, yes. And that means that there's a new housing secretary, but no one cares. Dominic Raab <laughs> eats exactly the same lunch from Pratt every day. Is that true? It is. What is what, it? Is it? I bet it's the... Is um, it the chicken bacon baguette? It is. It's the chi- it actually it is. is. How do you know that? <laughs> um, and he has choice. that with fruit <laughs> and sound. some kind of smoothie. So, yeah. How do we yeah. know what he eats? From it's delicious, bread? but you have to shovel the bacon in with your fingers. Yeah. All right. Just, just is that because they try and make it show outside they, the edges? To they like kind of use it like tape uh, on, on the uh, 
as if they were trying to seal it shut with bacon. Bacon right. toast. Yeah. I would buy bacon toast. I would. I mean, I'd buy it every would. time. And then it, yeah. This has gone more a... off the rails than normal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we have a new minister in charge of digital. And, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of different ministers in charge of this area over the over the years. And particularly the government digital service. There's been people... I mean, ha- tell me if you've heard of these people. Okay. Um, Oliver Dowden. No, no. Okay. Then there was Caroline Noakes. Yeah. I feel like you've heard of her. Uh, ben Gummer. No. <laughs> who is very he related much to John li- Selwyn Gummer? Yes. There you go. Uh, wow. Yes, Ben Gummer. Oh, wait. Was he the one that John Selwyn Gummer tried to give his. Yes, he was. He was to, the son. He, he was That's the son. That's amazing. Ben Gummer. He's, he's now a politician. He's now a politician. I feel so old. <laughs> yeah, he's now a politician. And Gummer, if you look at. Well, I'm just saying it feels like an appropriate name. That's cool. all I would say. Um, so yes, essentially, it's a bit of chaos. Well, then, um, so then it was Ed Vasey. Yes, it was who Ed Vasey. Was a sort of he had a, people had mixed reactions to Ed Vasey. It did, uh, but yeah. he 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 did kind of try and take it on. And then and to be fair to Matt Hancock, who comes into a lot of uh, mockery amongst the tech journalism. Yes. Yeah, um, but he he did try at least to get. To grips with technology he built yeah. his own app he did the Matt which is what we were all oh, waiting man. for yeah, yeah. maybe um, a social network wasn't it it was yeah, yeah. have you um, have you matt hancocked recently um yeah <laughs> well, i mean in a sense I he know. he tried <laughs> he at least tried to get to grips with his brief um which is which is better than most yeah yeah that's um, true just um, quickly yeah. uh before we dig into the credentials of matthew wright uh whatever they are uh, Matthew Wright is Jeremy Wright. Jeremy Wright. Jeremy Wright. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeremy before, be- we, we cover. before we dig into his uh, his credentials or that lack thereof, um, could we just quickly sort of define what the digital minister does and and what the government digital service is? Because yeah, not everyone might understand, but the way I understand it is it, it's kind of just the a broad program to modernise uh, the the technology at government level. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what the government... It's quite confusing because that's what the government digital service is. However, the Minister for Digital sits within DCMS, the Department of Culture, uh, Media and Sport. But the the Minister for the Government Digital Service sits within the Cabinet Office. Yeah. So separate from DCMS. There has been some talk about bringing that portfolio into DCMS, so it's all in one department. Um, It's slightly confusing. Essentially, the Minister for Digital oversees... I mean, the one one thing they do oversee that's kind of fairly important is broadband. Um, But in reality, it's a bit of a sort of... I don't know how to put it. It it seems sort of symbolic rather than actually having a huge amount of of, of input. Kind of, you'll spend more time looking at things like BBC licensing or stuff like that yeah. than you were looking at actual digital stuff. And in my experience with Hancock, a lot of his job was going to uh, office openings of new tech companies. Yeah. A lot of glad yeah. handing, yeah. Um, not a lot of sort of nitty gritty, but more no, just really. uh, cheerleading yeah. the tech sector. Yeah. And then if a new um, tech company was coming to uh, to the UK, then just bigging up the impact on jobs and, yeah. and saying that London's the fintech capital of the world, just yeah. all of that sort of stuff. Pretty much. That is pretty much what you have to do sort of be a cheerleader essentially I mean to be honest there's not really much appetite to do much in Whitehall at the moment apart from figure out how we're going to do Brexit yeah which is no time to be doing anything else yeah so pretty much yeah I don't know let's all just not worry about this and watch the World Cup I just uh, typed digital minister into Twitter yeah 
And uh, yeah. a few people pointing out that uh, Jeremy Wright, the new digital minister, has not tweeted since 2015. Yes. And that was a retweet of David Cameron of a video of Ed Balls dismissing uh, Labour as a joke. All right. He so he, he has yeah. he has circa a hundred followers. Um, yeah. But does the but does that matter? it doesn't really matter. He, does he came into a lot yeah. of mockery for this, but he he's the former Attorney General, and the Attorney General is not someone that should be tweeting too much. <laughs> no, like, no, yeah, no. Yeah, it's a it's a legal position. He he definitely um, shouldn't have had a huge social media presence in that role. Yeah. It, what's more interesting is whether he embraces it now. Yeah, uh, and and tries to be sort of more present in digital channels, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, he seems like a bit of a, I don't know. He seems, he seems like a little bit of a sort of conservative lifer. I don't know. Moved around various different positions. Yeah, safe pair of hands. Future gammon. Future gammon. Pre- oh, I would say present gammon. Judging from his his uh, profile picture on Wikipedia. Safe pair of hands though would be. Quite nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think he's going to do anything particularly wild or no, unpredictable. As you, just, as you just said, that this is not the time for them to be doing anything yeah. particularly interesting. No. So he just kind of needs to, yeah, get to grips with his brief and just t- and just get on not, with it. not do anything stupid. Yeah, pretty much. Which but sounds then, like that he's yeah. perfect for. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, he's going to have to get used to the tech press um, mocking him at every turn, but he is. who really cares? Yeah, I know, it's true. I mean, yeah, in reality, the, they, the kind of politicians don't know anything about tech thing. Is People love going on about it. And it's, yeah, okay, most of them don't. But then, oh, do most people, normal people know? It kind of mattered when Amber Rudd didn't know what encryption was. No, that does matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That very, yeah. Or, or indeed, um, hashtags slash hashing, not understanding yeah. what the difference is between the two things um so yeah that that just is need to surround themselves with experts yeah just right? talk to people who do yeah, know they what they're doing yeah, and then yeah. and then you'll be fine but yeah that so yeah that's all very very exciting i can barely <laughs> contain myself me too uh cool that's enough uh government tech chat for one morning so uh we're gonna take a quick break and then i'm gonna talk to henry about the surface henry yo microsoft surface tablet <laughs> yeah what, so what's going on um do I, any of you have you ever used a surface yeah my mate um who i used to live with uh had a surface and he actually really really liked it and tried to get me to buy one um but as everyone knows i'm a i'm an apple guy so i refused <laughs> quite right yeah i didn't i, I refused to listen to him <laughs> well surface i i think it's a really interesting product line uh the news is that in the States was announced and will go on sale. Uh, rest of the world yet to be confirmed. Uh, the Surface Go, which is the current uh, cheapest Surface you can get. Um, so it looks exactly like the Surface um, that we've sort of come to expect. The tablet with a kickstand yeah, um, that still doesn't come with pen or keyboard in the box. But the tablet is a uh, $399 Surface. It's not that cheap, is it? So, yeah. It's pretty I mean, cheap. Surfaces are historically quite high. So at the moment, the... Cheapest Surface Pro you can buy in pounds is on sale at seven hundred and forty nine. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. so, and it's normally a grand ish. Um, but what you obviously get is a much uh, lower end processor. It's um, a Pentium processor that I actually haven't heard of. <laughs> um, so it's going to be um, I can't find the name now. Sorry, but it's going to be uh, very low end. And the thing that I think I don't quite know who it's for. So. Microsoft was, I think, late into the hardware game anyway. Surface was like quite a cool idea that I think has finally matured with like a decent Surface Pro product, but still one that's above most consumers. And so what they're trying to do now is bring it back down uh, to the iPad level, 
which is where David comes in. <laughs> um, well, yeah, specifically the new cheap iPad. Yeah, so new cheap iPad is £319. Yeah. But for an iPad, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, it's a um, really good deal. And it doesn't come with an Apple Pencil, but it has Apple Pencil support. No one wants an Apple Pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Pencil is the best tablet stylus available. Yeah, but that's <laughs> like saying heathen. the Apple Watch is the best available digital watch. Also true. Don't care. <laughs> also true. Are you saying you don't ever use styluses? No. Here you go. So the... So, I'm going to cut them to cut in here. So the uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry, uh, the Surface Go has Intel's Pentium Gold 4415Y processor, Excellent. which is not famous. Um, but then again, debatably, another is the M3 that is actually in the cheapest Surface Pro, which itself is an underpowered mobile uh, processor. So, be interesting to get this in for review because we want to see how it performs. But really, like the great thing about the iPad, which we've always talked about, is that it is a quote unquote cheap tablet. But with iOS and you just download apps, people know where they stand. Yeah. You play Netflix, you, you know. My grand can use it. Yeah, you mm. move money over, whatever. But like the, the Surface, it will still run Windows. And I just think that the Microsoft Store is stunted enough, consumer facing as it is. It's not as friendly to get into. People still don't really understand the idea of applications. I mean, I know that we know what an application is, but if you can see where I'm coming from, the actual... <laughs> Little bubbles on a home screen. Mm. You don't get that on a tablet, and people are like, "Well, where's the mouse? Where's the keyboard?" And you're like, "Oh, we well, mm. have to you have to buy those separately." So, also, it comes with Windows 10 S, which is a Microsoft's kind of locked down version of Windows, where you can only download um, like Windows approved apps from the store. Mm. I mean, I'm not even sure if you can pay to upgrade to Windows 10 Home, which you still have to do on most of their products. So I mean, I see what you mean about like not knowing who it's for because like I think the Surface because of the kickstand and the keyboard, although you have to buy it, is actually quite a useful kind of work device if, yeah, you, totally. if you're on the move a lot. But if this is like a cheaper version, um, it, it's like, am I going to buy this to work on, or am I going to actually, if I'm going to be working on it a lot, just go for the Pro? Exactly, because mm-hmm. they've, they've toyed with kind of trying to seg- segment the line before. So they had the Surface Pro, which is. Um, a few years ago, that's basically what this thing now looks like. Yeah. But around the same time, they tried the Surface RT, which was a famous failure, which was trying to do like an iPad level Windows thing. But it ran a completely different version of Windows, which was like even worse than Windows 8 <laughs> and had no app support for developers or whatever. They've done better now because there is app support because they have this whole universal uh, app platform, which technically I know Windows Phone is dead, but these apps will actually run on a Windows phone. And it's the same application, just displayed intelligently and responsively. So they do have the applications there, but then also they did the Surface, confusingly, Surface 3, which was different to the Surface Pro 3 a while back, which was a cheaper model that some people bought. Did they ever do a 2 or a 4? They did. uh, Yep, they did 4, which is now just the 5 is out, but it's just called the Surface Pro. Fine. Yeah. They're not good at branding, are they? Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft. No. weirdly, the only reason I ask is is because Microsoft don't really like even numbers. Mm. So they tend to skip even numbers. 98, Windows 98. Yeah, well, that's a year. Do you mean not? They skip Windows 9 to go from 8 to 10. Windows yeah, 10. But with all their <laughs> oh, enterprise stuff, even. it's it's 3 mm-hmm. or 5 or 7. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a 4. Now it's just no numbers. So this is, yeah, Surface Go. Um, and for that 399, you get 4 gig of RAM. 64 gigabytes of storage so i mean looking at those numbers that's more storage and ram that you'd get for that price on most phones mm. but when they're expecting you to pay probably 99 dollars for the uh keyboard um and another 99 for the pen and 35 for a mouse 
Mm. You're kind of thinking maybe that isn't enough specs for what people expect you to work on. 64 gigs, not mm. a lot, is it? For... There will be another version with 8 gig of RAM and 128 gig of storage for $549. Yeah, and at that price point... But when you, you get into jump? that price yeah. point, people were yeah. like, why am I buying this instead of, well... The kind of people that they're aiming at are, I still think Surface Go is quite like cheery branding, isn't it? It's like, hey, you go, off yeah. you go, just get up and go. Is the idea that they think that they've got the market share in a work environment and then people who've got these, I think very boring, work <laughs> devices are then going to, oh, well, what should I have my home device? I'll stick with the with the Windows thing that I'm now used to. Yeah. Just like people used to have home computers that were PCs because they were used to them from work. Like, why do you think they're boring? Because they... Apart from it being Windows and you like Macs, I do I do kind I of know, understand the direction you're coming from. Surface, um, but, um, but I mean, really, surfaces are great, but you're really going to have to want that form factor to pay up front for all this stuff. When they also sell a Windows Surface laptop, which is just a normal laptop that most mm. people can get their head around. Mm. I don't know who's going to buy it. No, I'm not sure who's going to buy it because it's it's too low power to do much on. Even like yeah, like I say, the lowest. And Surface Pro won't really handle Photoshop above photo editing. Mm. So it's just kind of going to be like a word processor that you're going to have to drop. If it's in pounds, it'll be 600 quid for all the bits. Yeah, yeah but is it for like the the commuters? I can watch videos on it. I can maybe do some emails. Can... Yeah, but you could do that on an iPad for half the price. That's if... that's the problem. But I reckon that's what that's what they're aiming at. But they've like they've not got it right with the pricing yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean to me like the surface pro is something that like people get if they like the idea of a, a portable windows machine but it's also yeah. kind of straying into that ultrabook territory where companies who don't want to have macs will give the surface pros to their ceos because they think it looks flash sure and it's kind of something to whip out in a meeting yeah but maybe that's my blinkered view of the market <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but it has been released as a in the us as a consumer product so I don't know. It'll be, I just think it'll be interesting to see where it goes because Windows uh, tablets are, are not a big market outside of outside of Surface, and even then, they're kind, it's kind of sold as a laptop. And you said um, you are interested in getting your hands on it and trying it. But yeah. The fact that they haven't even announced when they're going to release this in <laughs> Europe does that mean that's not going to happen anytime soon? No, this is a very hushed overnight thing um, with a US release. It, it will come out in the <laughs> it will come out in the UK. Um, not sure when. But I mean, yeah, we, we'll see. I've got, I've got, I've only had a morning to gather my Fine, thoughts on yeah. it. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, I'm also gonna blindside David here because um, while we're talking about tablets, um, mm. I wanted to briefly talk about the um, new iPad rumors because it looks really super interesting. So it looks like an iPhone 10 but in tablet form. So it's got the bezel. The this ongoing the rumors one, yeah. of the iPad Pro. Yeah, I do not understand why Apple and please correct me would put a notch on a tablet yeah it's the whole weird. point of a notch on a phone is to increase the space of a smaller device they've yeah, almost embraced that as a brand surely that's not true exactly yeah oh, so it doesn't no. make any sense uh, practically but if it's true a lot of people thought when they got to the home button the recognizable shape of a phone of an iphone the sort of iconic image yeah. is the little home button at the bottom and they took that away and it just became a generic rectangle yeah and as you said they own the fact they sort of needed to have a space for the sensors it is possible as a brand extension I don't think they're going to do it like that, though, because it looks ugly. Um, and, like, that tiny bit of screen that you gain does not make a difference on a 10-inch iPad. No, not really. Like, uh, there's two I tiny mean, little strips around the side. It sort, just... of, it sort of fits in as a, as a consistency thing, an interface consistency, where they're going to start splitting the top of iOS into the time at one point and the icons at the other. If that's oh, something no. that people are used to... I reckon they won't do it, though, because, like, 
Yeah, I don't think they'll do it. Either. They're doing it rumoured on the iPad Pro, and that's the thing that they expect most people to buy the keyboard for and use in landscape. Surely they won't have... Oh, yeah, it would look hideous. They won't have a notch in portrait mode that you can then put sideways. And then when... Yeah, that hadn't even occurred to me. So I, I have an iPhone 8 Plus. What's the iPhone 10 like in landscape? Does, does, isn't it, uh, doesn't you, that look hideous? You can landscape? have it either way, that it will just go up to where the notch starts. Yeah. But in most videos, it will actually just display full screen, but then you'll just have that cut out. That's not they, nice. I, they won't do it for the iPad Pro. And if they did, they'd do it landscape, which is even weirder. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird way of doing it. So I, I think they, it will have Face ID, and I don't know how that would work in different orientations. Because at the moment, iPhone 10 is pretty good for the Face ID, but you have to hold it yeah. portrait. Well, yeah, and you may need to use it for unlocking. And I think you generally mm. unlock in portrait, uh, portrait orientation. Yeah. But we don't really know where the iPad situation is going, because they've had one new iPad this year, and that leaves it a bit, a bit open. Because with the iPhones, you know what you're getting. September, new iPhones, that's your lot. Yeah. But the iPads, they just sort of... Oh, I think we'll just release some iPad now. So maybe. Cool. Um, I forgot to ask a question um, to uh, on Charlotte's round. Uh, <laughs> so um, Jeremy Wright or Michael Wright? <laughs> what? Don't get it. Yeah. <sighs> Jeremy favorite. Wright. Yeah. Or Jeremy Wrong. Ah, uh, okay, that's better. Uh, uh, in, in that it makes any sense. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy probably right for now. Jeremy, safe pair of hands. Jeremy Dull. Brilliant. <laughs> Jeremy Wright, because there's enough pessimism about this government. Yeah. And um, Surface Go or Surface No. You can't tell you just made after these After rubbishing it for 10 minutes, I think it's a really cool idea. I just don't think anyone will buy it. So Surface Go for me. Fine. Surface, uh, surface No. Obviously. Yeah. No, Surface No. Bro. All right, quick break, and then we're going to talk about Musk again. God. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. David Price. Hello. What's, what's, he, what's he been doing now? <laughs> what has everyone's favourite South African megalomaniac been up to? I said, all right, so I'm, I'm really cautious about this, this topic because 
Because um, you're uninformed. <laughs> I mean, partly... Oh, I mean, when has that ever <laughs> told me that before? Uh, it's partly because it's a really scary situation and... Not uh, to be made light of. And, and probably not to be made light of. But, and also because the, the things that he's done, it's really open to interpretation. So mm-hmm. I think when we're talking about this... Um, it's possible he's doing these for the best reasons. I just think bearing in mind all the things he's done in the past, it's probably not. Sure. It's probably just about him. So just to cover the ground, um, there is a situation in Thailand where um, some young lads in a football team got trapped in an underwater cave. Uh, absolutely terrifying situation. I'm, the latest news I've got is that, and hopefully when you hear this, they'll all be safe. The latest news I've got is that 11 have been rescued and there's one boy left inside and the coach and yeah. a doctor and some Navy SEALs still inside. Uh, and this is an incredible, incredible rescue that's going on. Incredibly brave people. Like, you know, one of the Navy SEALs, uh, well-known now, died yeah. rescuing people. I, I don't know his name. Uh, and I've not actually, well, I've not put a lot of research into this anyway. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to know his name after, you know, a couple of weeks, even if they know it now. Whereas everybody knows that Elon Musk, famously, he's been tweeting about it. He's been building a, a submarine to rescue them which he's now taken over to Thailand, they've said, no, that's not practical. <laughs> um, and he's tweeted again, saying, well, I'll leave it behind in case it's useful in the future. Brilliant. Like in the next cave rescue, which apparently will be in a perfectly cylindrical cave, which this ridiculous, clunky <laughs> submarine can fit in. So when people get stuck in his hyperloop, he can send it down there. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, the whole thing is, like I said... It, Hasn't he got better things to be doing? I mean... Apparently well, pro- not. Probably not. Than just honest. looking at the news. Like, I don't know, maybe making... Tesla successful? Yeah, maybe like actually <laughs> sorting out their production issues at Tesla. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know. Just quickly, the, or, um, know, the, 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 the Navy SEAL's name was Saman Gunan. And actually, I think in our Shelton tech, tech world, we think Musk is the story, but actually... That that seal has been all over like BBC News app. Mm. I've seen his face. Like the the Musk news isn't because it's not news, Mm. but because we follow you know our tech circles, he's been like mocked. CNET did a whole piece about how he's an idiot. Yeah, but maybe he isn't. You know, maybe he did mean to, and it's possible this would have worked, but it didn't. The problem the problem is obviously it's um, it's a reputational thing. So Musk has been known to court attention um, in the past, and I, I saw a great tweet that was like. Uh, would the man that fired a car into space do something like this for attention? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird one. It sounds like if you have the technology to do it and you prove to, to well, some people that you have done it and then you just send it over and don't ask for anything in return, like he's not really looking for praise, is he? he? I think he might genuinely think he can help. Mm. But he has a messiah complex. This he does this thing. all the time. Yes, he did yes. this. This is how Hyperloop became a thing. He was like, oh, I've thought of uh, this way that we can transform transportation, but I don't have enough time to do it. So I'm just going to leave it here yeah. and hope that someone picks it up. And then luckily people like, or unluckily people like Richard Branson pick it up and put their brand to it. Well, I, saw, I saw a little thing going on on Twitter about Hyperloop as well. Sorry, just because uh, it was it was kind of boasting about the numbers of people that could transport a certain distance in a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I think it was that Alex Hearn at The Guardian yeah. was like tweeting numbers being like, that's like less than what the uh, central line takes to Heathrow every morning. Mm. No, it was like, like it was like one like, coach of the central line at, pri- <laughs> at like peak times. It could do like mm. like could do several thousands more than what he was saying in that time for like, you know, three pound each way. <laughs> because yeah. he views everything through the viewpoint of a, a pampered billionaire. Yeah. Mm. And he has these weird pathologies about being put in public transport. Yeah. He had that thing where he said that <laughs> yeah, he really nobody does. likes public transport. Yeah. I mean, why would he ever need to be in public transport? Mm-hmm. And then somebody responded and said, you know, that's because he's rich and he doesn't have to yeah. mix with other people. Yeah. And then his response was just, you're an idiot. 
And that's he's he's so defensive mm. and so pathological. I, I think is genuinely the right word for the way yeah. he approaches the world. And sometimes his pathologies will result in good things for humanity. Yeah. And I'm I'm always having this debate with my my brother who is a, a philosopher uh, about whether it's better for somebody to do good things anyway, even though they have bad intentions. At the end, doing to justify it. the means. Yeah, which is sort of his approach. He's saying, well, if you have people like this who try and extend the lifetime of humans and, and colonise Mars and you know reduce uh, energy inefficiencies in transport, all the rest of it, he says that's a good thing, uh, even though he's manifestly doing it in order to fulfil his own sense of saviour of, of humanity. Yeah. If the um, Alien movies taught us anything, though, <laughs> is that... Well, they taught us many things, such as yeah. uh, if a guy is complaining of chest pains, <laughs> um, <laughs> listen to him. Get it, run away. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I maintain that it does matter. And that if we have a certain number of resources in the world, he has cornered a lot of them to himself through weird capitalistic means. And now he gets to decide how it's done. It should be done sensibly and not in this sort of... I'm going to make a toy to fix the world because I'm James Bond. Yeah, so just... like, without putting you too much on the spot, like, where, how did the hell did this submarine thing come about? Like, what was it like? He built was he working on it already, or did he literally just see the situation I, I think, I think it was as quick as that. So, and he that's he does... quite impressive. Yeah, it's, well, it's considering impressive. that he can't he has... make enough Teslas at the moment. Yeah, and that's his day job. Yeah, yeah. he said he, well, he said that it will also work as an escape pod for a rocket. So possibly... Oh, okay, so he's like retrofit something from SpaceX. I'm sure they just basically got some bits that are lying around and went, that would probably also work for that. It's like, I'm not not doubting that it's a clever thing. (laughs) And he does maintain that he was in contact with, he said, cave experts. So mm. that, he, that he had that he had knowledge on this that it was that it was likely to work. Yeah, and he had two different plans on the go as to stop it. He had two different plans on the go. One of them was just just basically a hyperloop underwater. Yeah, uh, and the other one was this little submarine. Stop it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yes, um, but apparently he didn't contact the right. Yeah. Nice. Um, and so it just doesn't work. I could be using adventure cavex. Well, no, 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 I mean hyperloop kind of is cavex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the boring company. Oh no, the boring company. Tunnels, sorry, yeah. hyperloop's yeah, above is. ground. I know, yeah. I know what yeah. the joke is, but it's fucking boring, isn't it? What, why? Why has he managed to become? Like he doesn't really have like an equivalent, does he? Why do we pay yeah. so much attention to the him? The tech press are obsessed with him. Everything just, he does. I, I, I'm just. I don't just even dislike to, like, him really. I'm just indifferent. Yeah. To, I think space travel is amazing and fascinating, but I just think the way that it is, it might not even be must, the way that it's covered by the tech mm. press in such a, at, at the same time, fawning, but also disparaging um, yeah. well, nature. Be... It's like, yeah. what, why doesn't he have any equivalents? in the? He bill- seems to attract mm. that that sort of either completely fawning or completely mocking tone mm. of reaction. But I don't I understand feel... either because he's just no. so boring. I feel a bit ambivalent about him. I think... Yeah, you know, he probably is doing some things that are quite interesting and inspirational. But then, you know, there's like allegations of worker mistreatment at some of the test factories and... I think it's his probably, approach to journalism. His approach to well, journalism that, that, is, 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 is pretty, well, that, is pretty that's terrible. A whole other thing, I think it? he's got. I think he's got some 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 issues. But I um, think it's it's difficult to overlook his treat his attitude towards journalists and the way yes. he gets covered. Yes. Um, 
without being too inside baseball like if you if someone's attacking yeah. your industry and you've got the ability to maybe criticize them then mm-hmm. you're gonna criticize them yeah it's the same thing with trump like it, yeah. it, it kind of pokes the bear so you're like okay we're just gonna make sure that we do the best possible job we can of mm. calling are, you out there are kind of echoes of trump here like a, a yeah. man with far too mm. much money who yeah. is like trying to be loved whereas like people like jeff bezos just keep quiet do probably very horrible things but they he doesn't really care what people think of him. Mm. But he loves journalism. Mm. So, <laughs> well, <good>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. Yeah. Well, he owns Washington. Well, he's actually he does, bothered to, to support financially support it. So, yeah. But I think Musk, Musk doesn't really understand journalism. I mean, he doesn't mm. really... He thinks that it's all sort of like people are out to get me rather than... But yeah, he, do, he thinks it's all um, being... He thinks all the criticism is being like, yeah. funded by yeah. big oil. Yeah, I mean, that's, he, he's, that's, he's not yeah. able to understand that I mean, there could be like, legitimate concerns. I think he needs to look at the journalists that he's criticising his bank accounts and realise that they are not being bankrolled by big oil. <laughs> yeah, if bank oil... If, bank oil <laughs> if, if big oil wants to bankroll me to attack it on Musk, then, you know, I'm... Yeah. I'm, I'm and, it's, it's, and even I though... Mean, I'm not throwing my ethics <laughs> to the wind, but... But yeah. yeah, you know my email. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like it's, like, it's almost like a very <laughs> immature way of looking at how to like be adored because yeah. you'll see mm. you'll see a major world potentially tragedy, but it looks like it's not going to be, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And then throw money at it and be like, let's just see if people love me for this. Mm. And then when yeah, then it just has a go at those people on Twitter when they question his motives. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's I don't know. I, like I said, he's got he's got issues. I think that much is that much is clear. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank heavens, it didn't need a billionaire to fix it. Yes, yeah, um, lots of qualified professionals who just, were already doing yes. the job. <laughs> sometimes you just yeah. need people who know what they're doing to yeah, you just diligently need, you need more do cave what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, you're very tickled by that. I like that. <laughs> Uh, cool, Charlotte, I know you need to go, so we're going to wrap things up. Uh, I do not have a f- pithy Elon Musk thing. I didn't have a pithy anything, really, did you I? You've got to do so. something to do with cave expert, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> cave expert yeah who cave? is our saviour cave experts <laughs> or Elon Musk <laughs> David Price cave experts yeah 100% yeah ca- yeah. it's clearly cave experts yeah my money's behind cave X <laughs> his next That's venture will be cave, cave thank you very much for joining us for a typically woolly edition of the UK Tech Weekly podcast uh, we are quickly approaching our 100th episode so if you have stuck with us this far thank you very much tell your friends like and subscribe We will see you next week. Thanks, bye. 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 UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 